For most of us, the mobile phone has become an extension of who we are. With a swipe of the thumb, we can be endlessly entertained. A couple of taps and fooders at your door, a quick voice command and your favourite song will fire up, or at least one with a similar sounding title. But no matter the touch point, each interaction is an opportunity to gain your potential customer's attention. But regardless of today's technology or whatever tomorrow brings, as a marketer, it'll only get you so far. Tech's just tech. You need people to know how to understand tech, to be able to enable the tech, and to then to build an experience on top of it. But when I kind of go around my organisation, I don't see them kind of worrying about, oh, it's really hard to be a marketer. I just see kind of energy and light bulbs shooting off and then the mashing together great ideas and saying, OK, let's go and do this. It's Dean Chadwick, Chief Marketing Officer at Velocity Frequent Flyer, part of the Virgin Australia Group. And I often wonder, surely there has never been a tougher time to be a marketer? I think there's never been more fun to be a marketer. Yeah. You know, it's funny, you do have that boyish glint in your eye when you <laughs> talk about the future. Are you still so excited as a marketeer? Yeah, every day I think is day zero and we've just got so much to achieve. It frustrates me on a Friday because, you know, what, are, what haven't we done this week? And I come in all grumpy on Monday morning and go like, shit, we didn't do that. We need to do this this week. Let's get back on it. And then by Wednesday, I've softened up. From Facebook, this is Face to Face, where leading marketers reveal how they click with consumers. I'm Jules Lund. Today, alongside Dean, we catch up with Carmen Becker, partner in the customer brand and marketing business at KPMG. Technology is at the heart of what marketers like Carmen and Dean do, but without the human touch, no matter how incredible that technology is, even the most simple ideas can fall flat. With your consumers able to swipe to whatever they want in an instant, brands need to be on their A-game 24-7. What blows my mind is how the expectation gap has narrowed now as a customer myself. So, you know, if I wait more than two minutes for an Uber, I'm thinking, gee, two minutes, a long wait. You know, if I have to wait for a coffee now, I feel a bit challenged because my Hey You app might not have worked straight away. So I think that the thing that I find interesting now is as, as the technology shifts, the customer moves along with it and that time of satisfaction has decreased in customer expectation. It's interesting. Do you remember, I mean, when Apple launched the AirPod, those little things, everyone were like, oh, you used to see someone in the street and go like, they look like an idiot. Now I can't live without them. So, you know, in such a short period of time, it's gone from not looking like that looks really weird to like, this is an intrinsic part of my life now. And these are awesome. Do not ever take them away from me. Becoming an intrinsic part of someone's life isn't easy. But now marketers like Dean have the opportunity to achieve more cut through with their ideas than ever before. After 23 years at Amex, Dean arrived at Velocity wanting to make an impact. I wanted to do something which was a lot smarter. I wanted to use more channels. I wanted to have a creative idea that made me feel really uncomfortable so that when I went to the board, they went like, that's bold. <laughs> that's something that was really energising. How much longer? We're going to need more planes. We really have anything else to give away. One week. We sat around for three months, actually, coming up with ideas, and then one night um, over at the agency on a Tuesday, it was about 10pm, we kind of landed the idea. How does that Okay, Jim, so first of all, that's come in here. Okay. Let me get this straight. No one really knows what a, a loyalty point is, so we had to kind of put our brand out there. And it was the insight that an intern at Velocity 
had made a mistake. Oh, an intern. An intern. An intern has given away. And he'd sent an email to 7 million Australians talking about um, giving away a billion points, which should have been a million points. <laughs> points. And points. What are we going to do? Well, enact a plan of action. So How did he get um, that job? That's a billion points. And because we were Velocity, we decided to honour that. So what transpired was the campaign, the billion point that should have been a million point giveaway. A billion points that should have been a million points? Bold? Tick. Uncomfortable? Big tick. So now all Dean had to do was sell it to the board. Unfortunately, the board meeting was moved, so the campaign was going live on the 1st of May, so we had a session with the board, which was the 29th of April, so two days before. We had to kind of shoot everything. We had to believe that the board were going to be impressed enough with the campaign and and feel, feel good about it. You know, and John Borghetti is part of the board and John's an amazing marketeer and he's just this kind of highly engaging leader who's very authentic, who really understands the customer and really likes good advertising. Very smart man and when you're presenting to John, you want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward. So this was kind of two days before the campaign was going to go live. I felt the strategy that the team put together was the right one. You can almost hear it ticking over in Dean's head. You know, his big new job, a boardroom full of stakeholders, including Virgin boss John Borghetti, heart pumping, and the whole campaign already shot. Game on. They sat through the strategy. I showed them the videos. They sat there very quiet for about 10 to 15 seconds. So what's going through your head in this moment? I'm losing my job. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I've been here for five months. Thank you very much, Dean. Um, But then after that moment, they, they said, this is some of the best advertising that I've ever seen. I ran back to the office. Everybody was waiting on tender hooks going, did they approve it? And, you know, obviously you play the game, say they hated it. But no, we said, you know, it's awesome. You guys are doing amazing work. We've got two days to launch this. Let's get moving. Whew. So now all that was left to do is go live. And that's where the real anxiety kicks in. We launched it, I think it was seven minutes past midnight on the Monday morning. And we're all in the office hitting that big green button. And then, yeah, obviously I went back, couldn't sleep, got up at about 5 a.m., checking my feed as a consumer and starting to see that people say, this is hilarious, you know, I'm going to you know, do something. And you're starting to see the people taking it up. So the real-time feedback was is immensely satisfying knowing that we kind of landed something. An intern. An intern has given away a billion points. So we've got this billion point thing. Have you heard of it? <laughs> what billion points? <laughs> what billion points? Billion points. What does that even mean? Somewhere around 90,000 domestic flights, 100,000 upgrades. Guys... I've run the numbers. I'm getting really nervous about giving away a million points. Billion points, Pete. Giving away a billion points. I watched a 30-second clip of that and then I watched the next 30-second clip of that and then I was down the rabbit hole. How many touch points did you distribute that storyline across? It's a month-long campaign and to keep something fresh for a month is quite hard. So we created a... Netflix-style 40-part miniseries that, you know, if you were to engage with a piece of content, it would then open up the next set of storylines. Not only was it highly creative, we were being very customizable to the audience. We also kind of smashed all the revenue targets that set out for the campaign. 
But the, the thing I was most proud about was it really galvanised the organisation. You know, everybody wanted to work on it. It was a big launch event. Everyone felt really proud to be part of the campaign, not just the agency, but, but everybody. And it also set the tone for what we were then doing for the next 12 months. And so it kind of really positioned a brand-led campaign which drove a real ROI on the investment in a really engaging manner using new technology and new channels that we hadn't used before. And I feel really proud of the team that executed it. And you've hit on an interesting point because a lot of clients have been asking us, how do you galvanise your employee base to mm. be the best brand ambassadors possible? Mm. And then how do you use their social channels mm. in order to amplify that yeah. brand ambassador role that they can play? And it's a tricky question because, you know, there's lots of protocols and governance structures within organisations that sometimes make that really challenging. Mm. But being able to galvanise around a campaign like this, you can start to give your employees the chance to also stand for something special. So it turns out even with so much support from stakeholders, it is crucial that the story is strong and that it works across multiple platforms. We were using Facebook and other different platforms, but it was about the content being easily consumable on a mobile phone, no matter where the person was, no matter what part of the day it was, for them to be able to just snack on a bit of content, for us to be able to inject a bit of humour into their daily life, for them to then start a consideration journey with our brand. And then hopefully, you know, if we sent you or that you consumed a piece of content at 9am on the train, that when you get back on the train at 5.30, you're able to see the next piece. And purely through personalisation and being able to use that data, something you couldn't do on TV because you would be seeing the same ad probably more... In fact, you would watch the same episode and potentially see the same ad five times and to the point where you're actually yelling at the screen going, yeah, that joke was funny the first time. Yeah. And so the ability through mobile to be able to take people on a real journey... Um, that is tailored to their viewing habits. Yeah, and as a marketing organisation, you can then start to measure the conversion. So there's kind of, you know, total trackability in terms of, like, are people engaging with the content? Are they doing the thing that we want them to do as part of the campaign? So you've got some real kind of attribution effectiveness. So you've got engaging content through mobile, but you also know how well it's performing in real time. I mean, I loved it as a viewer, um, but how did it push and achieve the business goals? Day one launch was massive and we measure campaigns. I said we do two big retail ones a year. It was off the charts. We would normally see a lull within the month and then a a spike towards the end of the month in terms of where the campaign starts to pick up again. This was pretty much balanced through every single day of, of May 2017. So we knew that we were on a winner probably after the first week. And then it was more about, could we amplify even further? Can we get more people um, engaged with it? Can we get our partners to push out the content as well? Despite the brilliance of the Billion Point giveaway, it's the people behind it combined with the technology that makes it shine. They're the ones analysing every measurement and exploring every avenue. But with so much information at a marketer's fingertips, CMOs need more and more support. And they often go to KPMG's Carmen Becker for advice. A lot of CMOs are talking to us in particular about customer 
and how to follow the lead of the customer of the future. What technology should I use to be ready for that customer experience of tomorrow, today? You know, it takes three years sometimes to develop something new, a new innovation, so we need to be there starting that process now. A lot of marketers are wanting help with understanding within the new marketing landscape, there's a lot of new different players and the transparency issue is still a really big one. So what am I paying for? Who am I paying for that? Mm -hmm. There's another area of ROI and attribution and uh, the desire to understand exactly the ROI and every single thing that's done is just increasing. The appetite for that is, has gotten bigger and bigger. There's also a real push where marketers really want the board and the leadership team to see marketing as, as an investment rather than a cost. Mm -hmm. So what is the value of my brand? How can I increase the value of that brand? And what are the levers that I pull in order to do that? It's a question that sometimes is hard to answer. It feels ethereal. So when there's a science behind it, uh, businesses completely understand the value of that brand and therefore the investment behind that brand. That investment translates into providing the best possible brand experience for the consumer, which after all is who every marketer is trying to woo. Customers have a lot more control in today's world. You know, they get to research more through content. They get to talk to people and friends and family to make decisions on what brands they, that will influence them and what they will choose. They get to decide the advertising that they want to kind of consume through different types of media and effectively, you know, it's their choice at the end of the day. So you need to make sure you're very customer friendly in how you're kind of developing your brand and the products and services that you put out to market. With customers having all the control, the battle for brands is to become intrinsically linked to their lives. That competition to win attention and keep their customers coming back is even more fierce in mobile. When I think about building a mobile experience, in the back of my mind, I've got this toothbrush test. Would I use it twice a day? Can I create an experience that's so engaging through mobile that I just want to pick it up and use it? I mean, the best do it. You know, they, they exceed the toothbrush test. Sometimes when I was in financial services, I'd probably just aspire to being dental floss. You know, would I use that experience three times a week? And that's probably okay. But you want to create that habituality and utility of a mobile experience that people are picking it up and they feel it's part of their life. When I think about this for, as myself as a customer and I look in my phone, there's sort of three categories of apps that I use. And one is, I guess, media and entertainment, so my daily news. Then I look at Facebook news and then I'll probably have a quick look at Instagram. And then retail apps are really important to me in my life. So to make things easy, to make my flow of my day work. Being a working mum with two kids, I like supermarket apps because I don't really want to have to go into the store due to all of the hassles of a store experience. With so much margin for friction between customer and brands, according to Dean, marketers need to look ahead and connect wherever and however a consumer demands. People have gone from being digital first to being mobile first to what I like to think now of being API first. You know, there's the API economy out there, you know, as a, as a new trend. And I think for brands to be able to connect with consumers at scale, you need to not just think about my website, my mobile app. You need to think about delivering a core set of experiences from your CRM platform right through to your data layer to thinking about putting that experience on anything. You, should, you know, it should be front-end agnostic, you know, as it will. And being API first allows you to be able to do that. 
We've just done some global research which shows in Australia the two key things for customers in terms of an experience are personalisation and integrity. So personalisation is all about know me, know I've been here before, yeah. greet me by my name, recognise me and my behaviour. And integrity, it's, it's really interesting because it's sort of a, a newer shift in priority and it's all about is this company that I'm dealing with, do they have trust? Do I trust them? Are their values clear? Yeah. Do the values come to the fore? Is there something going on that I don't like? And if there is, the integrity is dropped off. And it's particularly relevant for brands that have a high social traffic because if you're not transparent through social, you'll have a big issue with integrity. So it's, it's very interesting that the, well, no matter what platform, yeah. no matter what you do, if you do have those two things, personalisation and integrity with Australian audiences is key. And I think, you know, to create consistency and driving an integrity to driving consistency to driving personalization it will come back to the api stack exactly making sure that you're delivering on the experience regardless of where you need to be and what's interesting as well is we've got had clients talk to us about with this new sort of way or as we shift what does that mean for my organization and my marketing team yeah. and it is requiring shifts in the types of people you have in your team to the sort of training you need to give the people that are already there to how you reorganize potentially around the customer or potentially around the data Well, there you go. Big thanks to Carmen Becker, partner in the customer brand and marketing business at KPMG, and Dean Chadwick, Chief Marketing Officer at Velocity Frequent Flyer, part of the Virgin Australia Group. So if you want to put a face to those voices, click the link in the show notes, and there you'll also find the full podcast and video series. Well, for Facebook, I'm Jules Lund, and this is Face to Face.